I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> here on 88.3 WGT's after further review uh, man as soon as we get on here we uh Urban Meyer here on Fox Sports Colin Cowherd talk a little bit about uh Joe Burrow used to play at Ohio State is it weird for you David to see Urban Meyer actually on TV yeah just just a little bit because it seems like when he left Ohio State he was going to be out of the radar there was a little bit of heat and I'm kind of just from some of the off the field and kind of this coaching tree and coaching carousel at Ohio State. But now it's like, seems like he's more and more refreshed now, mm-hmm. just kind of back and feeling more comfortable being in the public limelight. And I'm like, dude, I thought you were just going to, you know, stay home, relax, be with your wife. Mm-hmm. Like, weird. Yeah, it, it is strange. But anyway, talking about football, another strange thing is this A.B. Antonio Brown, former Right uh, receiver for the Steelers and Mr. Big Chest, and he's with the Patriots. It has been announced that they will not; he will not be put on the NFL exempt list. So he will be playing this weekend, unless after this recording, you know, more craziness happens. I mean, no one thought that uh, he would probably get released by the Raiders. Well, myself and David the Man of God Harris thought that. Obviously, Frank Basher didn't think that. But uh, your take on this, David, with Mr. Big Chest, your former receiver over at Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, it just seems like this saga is just getting weirder and weirder. So thinking, kind of again, there was no real thought that he would be released from Oakland. And it just seemed like, kind of once he got the fines, once he got the fines and they voided his guarantee contract, he was basically going to be playing week to week for his money. I think, like, any indication, and all indications, like, yeah, like that wasn't going to work. And so I think kind of now that we know that kind of now, in retrospect, it makes sense that Antonio Brown would, you know, raise a little bit of hell because he didn't want to be playing week to week for his money. But, you know, he signed his contract guarantee and stuff. And it seems as though now that he's in New England, and this is me just kind of speaking strictly as sports analyst, sports journalist, reckless speculation and all that stuff. It seemed kind of interesting that the entire offseason, there was no real indication about this pending investigation for sexual assault and rape. Like, there was no kind of indication that this was a thing. And it literally just seemed like it came out of the blue. And it was announced literally the day after he signs this deal and his money is released. And I don't want to say that this is, you know, a money grab because we obviously have to take sexual assault and any kind of counts of rape and anything like that, seriously, especially in this day and age where it's not just the NFL players that are doing this, but just kind of in general society kind of being more and more aware of these accusations. I guess for me, like the timing is just a little bit of, there's just a little bit of suspicion. Like why, why now? Why waiting 
until now, after all the off-season antics. And because the Patriots in the league basically said, like, we know that this was a thing. Because I'm pretty sure if the Patriots wanted to sign Antonio Brown had they known that there was going to be an investigation about this. I don't think the NFL would have been – like, I think the NFL would have done something ahead of that because they did it with um, Kareem Hunt. They've done it in other cases with other players who who have been, you know, accused and of sex, sexual assault and kind of violence against women and things like that. Like, the league is trying to be a little bit more proactive, and I think this definitely caught a lot of people off guard. And so now that this is another kind of twist and turn, he's not going to be placed on the exemplus as now, but who knows kind of what's revealed next week after the woman kind of meets with the NFL and meets with league officials and talks this out. Just, is he going to actually play this year, like outside of this week one? or this second week against Miami. I honestly don't know. Well, I, I think that, uh, like I said, the, the sexual assault case, remember it's a civil case, it's not criminal case. I, I don't really, I wait till, I just tell people wait till all the facts come out. Uh-oh. There are some suspicions. Um, I, I think this was a consensual relationship that probably went awry and went wrong or something happened but you know there's three different incidents that happened and I guess the rape allegedly happened the third time um and you know people are asking you know why did she go back why did you do this and then I said you know well you don't know what happens in people's shoes and and I and I tell people this all the time we we we've known guys or girls who are in pretty toxic relationships and they keep going back for more punishment or gluttony for punishment and and one thing i will tell people this is that we we can all agree that that mr big chest is a, is a narcissistic uh, sociopath so to speak i mean the, the guy has five kids with a couple baby mamas um he he lulls lulls in 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 social media um i know jason whitlock has, has said a few things on twitter or not on twitter but on speak for yourself about um, in, in Antonio Brown and some of the stuff that he's he's posted and some of the stuff that he said in public. So, with that being said, a lot of times when you're with characters like Antonio Brown, you you can easily get manipulated. I mean, he he does have a charming side to him. He's very entertaining. But as Ryan Clark has said, and a few other people have said, and you know, he even met, he even got Toy Palomalo even upset one time at practice after. Antonio Brown was, you know, cussing at Dick LeBeau. Um, the guy can be a little bit of a loose cannon. Um, so w- there's like the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde effect. So, th- you know, I, I think that's kind of maybe explain the reason why she might have went back, you know, three times. And then the third time it really got drastic. But um, at the same time, though, it does seem a little suspicious. Why a civil suit? If, if if this stuff did happen, why not do criminal? But hey, it is what it is. But the fact of the matter is, you know, it seemed like AB just never had an interest in being in Oakland. But you also got to bring this up though too. And, and a lot of people have not mentioned this. And I've listened to a lot of sports shows. AB kind of has a reason why to go off on this team and not trust them. 
I mean, you think about it. You got Gruden and you got Mayock saying that they support him. We're in your corner. We understand. Uh, I think he did in one instance say that he wasn't going to make a practice or he had to be absent for a certain reason. And then when he came back, they fined him. I mean, if you look at that perspective, one minute you in public you're saying that you're down for this guy and you're with him, and then you know the things that he's going through, and then when he comes back, you find him. And then I think that the last straw with him was the same. I think the time he got in the argument with Mayock again, it was over them finding him. So which story is it? Are you supporting him or are you finding him? You know, now people say he was in, the, in Pittsburgh. He was notorious for being late for meetings and being, you know, absent for practices. But in this case, I was hearing that he was basically telling the club that he was going to miss and, you know, giving them a heads up. And they're telling them, oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And then when the smoke clears, oh, by the way, you know you missed that practice. You know we had to find you for that. You look at that as a perspective from Antonio Brown's perspective, that feels like almost like, well, what's the deal? you telling me, yeah, it's okay to leave, and yeah, we're backing you up in public on to the media, and the next thing you know, I get I get fined? So th- that can cause a lot of uh, mischief in an organization. Yeah, it just seems like the more and more I'm kind of hearing recaps about it, just, it just seems like it was just a, at some point it was going to end pretty ugly, and I think it could have ended uglier. Some of the reports about what happened within that argument between Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock, like you know, like Mike Mayock being called a cracker by Antonio Brown, like that actually didn't happen. And so it's kind of like, like just some of the details and things like that. But yeah, like when you mess with somebody's money, like all bets are off, right? Like, and so I think now that people know that. It's about Antonio Brown, like, not getting his money. It still surprises me that there are a lot of people that don't, like, understand why Antonio Brown would be so ticked off about that. But just think about, like, if you have this contract and, you know, you were guaranteed this much money, and then all of a sudden, you know, your boss lets you take the day off of work and then you come back and be like, oh, by the way, like, 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 just think about that from a human, like, not the NFL case when we had millions and millions of dollars. Just think about that as your workplace finding you for a day off that you already agreed upon. And it's like, like, I don't understand why Antonio Brown is mad. And I understand why people are mad that he went to New England. Because all the indications were, you know, and people were saying that, you know, he's going to leave, like, he's going to do all this stuff in Oakland and he's going to go to New England. Like, New England wanted to trade him, you know, tra- wanted to get him to be a trade for a first round pick and Pittsburgh said no because they didn't want to deal with New England. Like, like that's genius in terms of Antonio Brown, in terms of, hey, and New England wants me. New England has shown that they wanted me, so I'm going to go somewhere where I'm actually wanted. Does it suck for everyone else that it's New England? Yeah, but New England actually wants them, and New England knows what to do with these situations and these scenarios. They have experience dealing with high-profile wide receivers with a little bit of an edge to them. And the last, the last guy that we can think of, I mean, outside of Josh, Josh Gordon, was Randy Moss. You know, top-tier wide receiver. A little bit of, not head back the case, as much as you'll say with Antonio Brown, but a little bit of, you know, controversial figure around him. He goes to New England, 50 touchdowns. 
I mean, at the end of the day, just don't mess with anybody's money. Don't mess with people's money. And this won't happen. Now, I would say this, and uh, if I can, I found, I think, I, here, listen to this one about uh, Antonio Brown from Jason Whitlock. Just listen, listen to this real quick. Truth regarding the sexual assault allegations leveled against Patriots receiver Antonio Brown. For the purpose of this show and this discussion, those allegations are immaterial. What we know is Antonio Brown consistently behaves in a low-character fashion that adds to the credibility to his accuser's claim. Past year, when discussing Brown, I have referenced the story the undefeated Jesse Washington published about Brown on September 7th of 2018. The story detailed Brown's addiction to Instagram and captured the dysfunction between Brown and his multiple baby mamas and his former trainer, Bo Smith. The story provided a peek into AB's abusive nature and phony public persona. Smith told Washington, I don't want to say nothing bad, but he got character issues. You act family, always talking God. You're not really on that. Stop acting. Got people think you really live in that life when you're acting. You're putting on for social media, bruh. Washington's story included reports of Brown telling his first baby mama, Shamika Brelsford, Make your own son, bitch. I got three more babies here. Brelsford told Washington, you sure you want to talk to me? Because he nothing like he portray on the internet. Washington reported clashes between Brown and his current girlfriend, Chelsea Kyrus, with whom Brown shares three children. Via Instagram, Brown blasted Kyrus for abandoning her two kids by another man, writing, quote, she has two older kids she hasn't seen or claimed in four years running around and chasing me. Antonio Brown is a train wreck. The day Washington's story published, Brown threatened Washington with violence. The Steelers forced Brown to apologize. There are additional stories of Brown's bad behavior. He makes a habit of stiffing service providers and spamming them with crude and menacing text messages. Nick Underhill of The Athletic tweeted out emails Brown allegedly sent to Brittany Taylor, the woman accusing Brown of sexual assault. The emails are grotesque and abusive. They're the final touches of a portrait that framed Brown as someone who treats people as beneath him. John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and the Oakland Raiders were treated no worse than Brown's assortment of baby mamas, the personal chef chef who is assuming Brown, Bo Smith, Mike Tomlin, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Brown is an equal opportunity supremacist. Most self-worshippers don't discriminate when it comes to abuse. Brown's superiority complex isn't unique among celebrities and elites. His symptoms are just more acute, and he's not as clever at masking them. Brown should finance 15% of a public school as a tax write-off, slap on some Nike Equality t-shirts, and compare himself to Emmett Till's mother. Mm. That will throw everyone off the trail. I know I just upset LeBron worshippers, but you're kidding yourself if you don't realize Luke Walton and John Gruden can compare notes and find a lot of similarities. I understand Brown's delusion. He grew up in Miami's notoriously rough Liberty City. No relationship with his father, kicked out of his home at 16, walked on at Central Michigan, drafted in the sixth round. Brown is just a kid from Liberty City. He's not supposed to be here. That mindset can make you feel like the chosen one and superior. It can create a sense of entitlement that makes you a bad person and even worse teammate. A.B., when you call God, you need to listen. Otherwise, you're wasting your time and his. What do you think, 
David. I know you. I don't know if you heard that Jason Whitlock or not, but that that's what you know. Kind of a crazy thing that he's doing, but he 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 was hitting on those points, especially with bitch make your own kids. <laughs> One of his baby's mamas, which was you know, sorry, it was it was kind of hilarious. Yeah, just some of the kind of dichotomies, and there are, there are a couple points I agree with with Whitlock in terms of kind of the way that he treats personnel, thinking about his time in Pittsburgh and kind of how to kind of deal persona, and it lends credit and gratitude to what guys like Ryan Clark and Troy have said about him within the Pittsburgh locker room once he got paid. I just think kind of where he, where he gets me is that kind of comparing the way that he quote unquote treated kind of his baby mamas, his multiple baby mamas and the Raiders staff. Like, I think those are trying to lump two situations together that don't really have too many similarities. I think in terms of the multiple baby mamas, that's kind of the manipulation, that's kind of the pers- some of the personality traits that have come out and that we've kind of talked about his narcissism and kind of his self kind of kind of self gratification and kind of thinking of himself in the superiority complex. And you can understand and think about his past and everything. But I think in Oakland it was a matter of they mess with my money. And so like when you mess with my money then you know you know, Blue's going to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And I think, kind of thinking about his, the relationship that he had with Gruden, I think it was more of um, the reason why he's not, the reason why he's not in Oakland, Oakland is more because of Mike Mayock and his kind of ego boosting and, like, I can't deal with this crazy situation. I can't deal with this crazy character. Like, there's all indications and, you know, there's a, interview this week about it like john gruden was cool with you know like he thought it was hilarious the the phone conversation and everything like he was still in ab's corner right until the very end mm-hmm. i think it's more of mike mayock being butter that someone like challenged him even though you know a gm is not supposed to get an argument with players he was basically no. just you know no. unless, unless you're gary jones when you're you know your gm head coach owner well, not to mention, let's face it, Gruden runs the show there, so I think he felt maybe undermined. So when he wanted to stick out his Mr. Big Chest, which is Mayock, to show that he had a little bit of control. But Shannon Sharp made a good point, too, on, on, on speak, you know, on Undisputed. What look does it give you that you go in there and you rough up the GM as a player? I mean, I guess as a player you're supposed to rough up the GM because the GM is usually older and maybe did play in the pros or maybe didn't so you know yeah you you're gonna go and brag about you you know you know roughing up the gm i mean it, it just, just the whole situation was childish and silly yeah and, and it just seems like kind of, and it's going to raise a lot more questions of kind of like just basically rookie gm and mike mayock think like try, like that was his power move and it was kind of like this show of power like oh i'm the gm you know i can quote unquote call the shots and get a player out of here because, you know, he hurt my feelings basically. But yeah, I don't I think those situations like I understand what Woodlock is trying to say, kind of trying to compare the two. I think at least for me personally, I think kind of the situation in Oakland is far less um far less about kind of his character and nature than kind of the situations with sexual assault allegations and the rape allegations and kind of the civil suit. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that the civil suit, there's going to be 
I don't know if like a solution or resolution is the appropriate term just because we don't know what's going to happen in terms of the fallout. And, and obviously people are going to continue to bring it up until the league does something, whether suspension or commissioner's exemplist or some kind of quote-unquote football resolution. But I think until then, people are just going to have to kind of do what they normally do, and that's just do whenever they see Antonio Brown on the football field. Basically, this is what, to me, sums up Antonio Brown. First baby mama, Shamika Brelsford, make your own son, bitch. I got three more babies here. That pretty much sums up Antonio Brown to me. To say that to your baby's mama <laughs> on social media tells you how selfish he is. Yeah, character-wise, I think a lot of people would be hard-pressed to it'd be, it'd be hard-pressed to find someone that doesn't agree, like, character-wise, kind of pers- personality-wise, like, off the field. I mean, Antonio Brown is, you know, is a pain to deal with. You know, I would wholeheartedly agree, and we've heard stories about that for years, and I think the more and more people hear these kind of stories, hear folks like that, kind of continue to hear stories from guys like Ryan Clark, the more and more it keeps them, like, hey, this is actually, you know, they're not just kind of missing words, or there's no beef or kind and, of and the sad part, motive behind the it. The sad part about it is they, they, they really ragged on Ryan Clark and called him a hater because he, he said that about Antonio Brown. And now you're starting to see the, come, the stuff to come to fruition. Wrapping up this segment a little bit, what do you what do you expect to come out of New England? Will it be I, – I don't want to compare his talents to Randy Moss. I think that's a disrespect with the legend of Randy Moss. But – do you think, and really New England doesn't really need him, but do you think he just stays under the radar, calms down, and has somewhat of a productive season? Because Brady needs to, to, to share the ball a little bit with all those receivers. But at the same time, though, Antonio Brown with Brady, he has to run his routes like on precision. He can't be doing no extra stuff and, 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 and deviating from the plays. I, I think there should be success. I, I think he'll get back to – is all pro level because on the field, Antonio Brown is a top five wide receiver, hands down. Do I think there'll be some growing pains? Probably, of course, just because unlike in Pittsburgh, when you are the number one option, there are, you know, there are a couple other wide receivers that, you know, those longstanding traditions, Julian Edelman is still there. He's going to get his touches. We know Josh Ford is going to try to get some, some of his touches. And then you have, you know, 18,000 running backs that are you know, always good for a catch or two out of the backfield. And so this is really the first time probably since you know he got paid or he's not going to be the number one option. And so do I think he'll be able to handle it? Yeah, because he'll still get his touches because he's still that good. But will he be happy? It's going to take him a little while to get comfortable in that offense. But they're going to win, so when he – yeah, that is true. And stuff becomes, uh, I guess, more. Unfortunately, stuff becomes more acceptable when when you're uh, you're actually winning. Uh, so, David, tell me uh, what you got going on this weekend. Uh, con- conference, traveling a little bit, uh, watching college football on the phone, trying to sneak in, get back, watch Clemson win, and then NFL football. Hopefully, hopefully uh, the Steelers win. Hopefully. Wow. The Bears win. You're that confident that uh, that the Clemson's going to win. Oh yeah, Clemson is going to be a barn burner. Like I, w- if Clemson doesn't win, I will be thoroughly shocked. 
And I I may go down to Syracuse campus and just party. Or like I may, you know. Or it'd be a good segment for winners and losers, and you would be in the loser segment. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, this is going to be on tape. This is recorded. So if they lose one, the college football world will be stunned. Two Dino Vapors will get a statue outside of the Carrier Dome, and three I will definitely be in the loser section. Mm. Okay, cool, David. Uh, well, you have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, man. All right, sounds good. See you next week. Yep. That was David the man that got here as he had winners and losers. Why team the disappointment of Team USA and uh, your favorite right receiver in the NFL, Antonio Brown. Make sure you listen to our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We'll be back with more after further review on, on 88.3 WXUT. Thank <laughs> you.